Hey, you want to get high, man? This howdy duty got wooden balls, man. I got a joint here, man. I've been saving for a special occasion. They don't fire up. Uh, hey, I hope the drums don't mess up your upholstery, man. Nah, I'm in a band too, man. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm a lead singer, man. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, man. we play everything from like Santana to El Chicano, man. You know, like everything. Hey, I'm just a love machine. And I don't work for nobody but you. I'm just a love machine. And I don't work for nobody but you. Well, when my temperature rise, and then I go for her thighs. And then I say, welcome in my shoes. Welcome in my shoes. Hijo de la chingada. Is that a joint, man? God damn, it looks like a, yeah, a quarter pounder, man. <laughs> Let's play. Hey, be careful with that shit, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs> Will it blow me away? <laughs> put your seatbelt on, man. I think that much. I've been smoking since I was born, man. I could smoke anything, man. You know, like I smoked that Michoacan, man, Acapulco Gold, man. I even smoked that tight stick, you know? Tight stick? Yeah, you know, that stuff is tied to a stick, you know? Oh, yeah, that, stick. Yeah, that didn't even do nothing to me, man. I could probably smoke this whole joint, man, and still walk away, man. Wouldn't be no problem at all, man. Talk, talk it out, man. Do nothing to me. Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Hi, this is Stephen Piercy. You're listening to Jay Scott on Hook Rock. So fuck off. Hey everybody, what's going on? How you doing? It is another episode of the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are staying safe and staying healthy. Things are 
seem to be getting better. Things seem to be getting better, but hopefully, fingers crossed, they continue and the numbers for COVID, you know, will soon be very minimal where we can get back to normal and get back to doing what we want to do, which is go out and about, be amongst people, go to sporting events, rock concerts, family parties, get-togethers, barbecues, whatever it is. Hopefully, it's going to be happening soon. But we always do our best to act as an escape for you, talking music, music commentary, interviews with up-and-coming bands and bands that uh, we like and we want you to hear. And one of those bands is from Sweden, and it's a band called Greenleaf. And they just released their amazing latest album a couple weeks ago called Echoes from a Mass. Actually, yeah. It was on the 26th, I think, of March. Just a fantastic album. Love it. And we have Tommy Halapa from the band to join us on the Hook Rocks. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you very much for doing this. I look forward to kind of getting to know you here over the next, uh, you know, 45 minutes. And excited about this interview, excited about the album. And thanks again for doing the show. No problem. We always start the same way every time we have a new guest, and it is basically what the show is all about. And that is just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock band has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? For me, it all started with Kiss. That's how I got into music, I guess, for like, a hundred thousand or millions of other people, you know, starting with Kiss. When I was like seven, eight years old, going through my uncle's vinyl collection, and I, yeah, it was Kiss Alive and Dress to Kill. Those were the two albums he had, and I was, yeah, of course, I was a kid, so it was the cover art that stuck in my head, you know. But then a few years later, yeah, I was. Yeah, totally a kiss freak, and still am to this day. What was it about those albums? Was it the imagery that drew you in? Yeah, exactly. When you first saw the albums, you got yeah really interested. What is this? Because you've never seen anything like it. You know the cover art they have and the, the makeup and all that. But then, of course, when you started listening to the albums, of course. On Breast to Kill, you have rock and roll all night. Everybody loves that song, so <laughs> so you can't. Yeah, it's it's easy to like their music, you know, especially when you're a kid. Also, so it's amazing how they've inspired so many people, you know, from different generations. I mean, obviously, you hear Ace Freely all the time. You know, guitarists always mention him as being the catalyst to them playing and to them, you know, performing. Who was it in Kiss that you kind of drew your attention to? Well, I'm the guitar player in Greenleaf. So it was, yeah, it was Ace Frehley. So that was, he, he was the guy who made me want to play guitar, for sure. I was like, I guess I was around 14 when I started playing. And yeah, I've been listening to Kiss for like, I don't know, seven years or something and I wanted to yeah, I wanted to play guitar because of Ace Freely so 
Was, yeah. was there a moment after you were introduced, you know, to Kiss, you know, what were some of the other influences that kept you in the journey to rock and roll? Yeah, the influences, yeah, it all started with Kiss, but it was, it was like in 84 or something. So it was a lot of the 80s. I was into Motley Crue, Shout to the Devil, that album, and what other band, Twisted Sister, and, <laughs> and all those. Yeah, typical bands that kids liked in yeah in the eighties. The the yeah more hard rock heavy metal bands. But then after that, it was more. It got a little bit. The, the influences got a little bit heavier, like with Anthrax and bands like that. More thrash, and then Pantera, of course. And then after a while, it got into. Yeah, I loved Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and bands like that. Dancing, and then in let's say when was this in like ninety three or ninety four? I heard Monster Magnet and Caius more stoner rock stuff, and that's when we started my first band, Dozer. And we're yeah, we're more the heavier stoner rock kind of band. So yeah, that's the kind of music I've been playing since yeah, more than yeah, what is it now? It's like twenty, twenty five, twenty six years now. So. It's a heavier rock and roll, heavy rock. As far as you know, the bands that you just mentioned, and you know, they all had an influence on you know what you were listening to and what you became as a musician. But you know, as far as being a musician, was there a performance that you saw that made you want to get on stage and be in a band? Well, in the early days when I was younger, I saw a lot of bands. I saw yeah, I saw Kiss and. Iron Maiden and Anthrax and all those bands, but I don't know when 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 I did I start to play guitar. When I started playing guitar, I was fourteen, but I didn't really want to be in a band. I just wanted to play guitar. The band thing came like a couple of years later when I started. Yeah, when I've learned to play guitar already, when I knew that I was good good enough to be in a band. <laughs> so maybe it was maybe ninety. One or so, yeah. I saw, I saw Alice in Chains really early on, and that was like, holy shit! I'm, yeah, those those guys were amazing, and I, I guess that was around the time when I started playing in bands. I think, yeah, in in the early nineties, sometime. And how old were you when, so was, you when you went into your first band? What did you say? How old were you when you when you started your first band? When I started my first band, I, I think must have been like 16, 17 or something around there. Yeah. So, but that, that was not re- really serious bands. It was just a bunch of friends jamming and having fun. More serious bands started in, was in 95. So I was 20. My old band, Dozer. That was more serious. We were a serious band that released a I don't know, a bunch of albums and toured a lot and stuff like that. You know, as you as you were growing with your influences and being exposed to different things and evolving as an artist, what were you trying to accomplish? You know, were you still trying to figure that out or did you have an idea from the very beginning of where you wanted to go? No, in the beginning it was all, we took influences from everywhere. We didn't know at all what we wanted to do. We played, yeah, with my 
first couple of bands, I think we did a lot of, yeah, we did like Danzig and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden covers, stuff like that. But then it was it was around ninety four, ninety five when I when I heard the band or we me and my friends heard a band called Kais for the first time. That's when we knew that okay, this is this is how we want to sound because yeah, it was yeah. Kais is such a yeah, it's just a wall of sound. Really heavy guitars tuned down and really yeah, heavy and groovy and that's when we figured out that you can have, yeah, you can actually tune down your guitars and it sounds a bit heavier. So yeah, yeah, most, yeah we started Dozer in 95. So I guess that's when I knew what kind of music I wanted to play. When you hear the term stoner rock, right? I, I listen to you guys and I hear hard rock metal, right? I hear, that's what I hear. I hear a lot of Black Sabbath influence. I hear a lot of, other bands that you mentioned like Danzig and you know some of the other uh, other groups that you mentioned does it do you mind being put in that category do you embrace it what are your thoughts on that subgenre i really in the beginning especially when we started dozer that name i think it started with some journalists in england who came up with the name stoner rock for yeah, bands like Kaius and Monster Magnet and Fu Manchu and those bands. In the in the beginning, we hated it because we're not stoners. We we don't smoke weed or do drugs. But nowadays, I don't really care anymore. As long as people listen to the music, I'm I'm okay with the name. It's just it's just the name. Because yeah, like you said, nowadays with Greenleaf, especially we we have yeah, we take influences from so many different music genres. It's not just heavy music. Of course, we love all the classic rock stuff. And yeah, like you mentioned Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and all that stuff. But we're also in, a lot into blues, soul and jazz and stuff like that. So I think with Greenleaf, we take influences from so many different places. And yeah, in, yeah that's, that's what makes it special, I think. And you can really hear that growth in the band on this album. I mean, when I first listened to it, um, you know, I, I was a big fan of, you know, your last album that you did. And, you know, I was I was really excited when you guys were doing this new album. But I think this album is a lot different in many ways. There's a lot more blues influence on the album that maybe wasn't there before. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think... This album, usually when we start writing an album, we don't have a plan. We just write songs and what comes out, comes out. And we write songs until we feel like that we have like 10, 9, 10, 11 songs that are good enough to be on a, like to be on, a, on an album. And this time it was, everything was a little bit different because, okay, before the pandemic hit us, we had like eight songs or something ready for the next album but then four of those four or five of those made it to the album and during the pandemic everything changed for us because Hans our bass player lives in Germany so it was difficult for him to come here and rehearse and write songs with us so we 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 worked in a totally different way this time yeah 
me and our drummer Sebastian, we met up at the rehearsal room, worked on song ideas, worked on riffs and whatever, and recorded recorded them on our phones and just emailed them over to Arvid, our singer, and Hans. And they would come with their input and then send back to us. And then we, yeah, continue working like, yeah, sending, sending emails back and forth to each other. And then, yeah, that's you know, the that's the way. I think that's that's also a big part of why why it sounds a bit different, why the songs are a bit different as well compared to the previous album. And also, the album is a little bit darker lyrically. It's definitely darker because out of it, our singer had a yeah. He writes all the lyrics, and he had a pretty rough year last year because yeah, he got divorced and. Yeah, and the pandemic and everything. So all the lyrics are about, yeah, all the feelings of whatever he was going through at the time, all the yeah depression and loneliness and anger and whatever. So it's definitely a darker album. And I guess, yeah, vibe-wise, it's, yeah, you couldn't really write typical... I don't know if I want to say the typical Greenleaf song or happier catchy, whatever, like Good Old Goat from the previous album. It's more, yeah, it's bluesy, happy, fun, whatever song. Because, yeah, out of it wasn't really in the mood to <laughs> sing any, yeah. Yeah, it was really depressed. So all the lyrics were a bit gloomy. And so the vibe on the album is a little bit darker, like I said. Yeah. Well, your writing and your playing is affected by what you're doing in your surroundings. And, you know, I've talked with many artists that have been on this show and, you know, the artists that have recorded music during the pandemic, it's always interesting to hear their perspective and how they manage to be creative during uncertain times and during things that were happening that have never happened before. What were your experiences? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the the album does take on a bit of a darker tone. Was that to be expected with everything going on? Uh, did you guys resist that and try to, you know, get back to where you know some of your music was from before, or did you, you know, move forward with hey, you know, this is kind of where we're at in our state of mind as a band. Let's pursue this. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was like that because, like I said, we had like eight songs before the pandemic hit us and four or three or four of those didn't make the album because the yeah the vibe was wrong because yeah when we, the pandi- pandemic hit the vibe changed a little bit also because of the yeah out of its divorce so of course yeah it has yeah the divorce and the pandemic hit us um, yeah changed the vibe a bit for the whole album but usually when I write riffs, I never, I'm, I just sit down and play my guitar and I try to just disconnect the world and whatever is going on. But then when the vocals come on top of that, the mood can change a bit for sure. So, yeah. 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 Like, I, like, like you said, it's definitely at least a little bit influenced. Um, the vibe has changed because of the pandemic. You know, coming off the 2018 album, Hear the Rivers, you know, you go into the studio, you start creating under a pandemic. 
What was it like there in Sweden? I know I talked with Guernica a short while ago from Thunder Mother, and she explained what her perspective was. But how did you guys feel with, I mean, you have a member of the band that's in Germany. He's in Europe. You know, you guys are, are in, you know, you're in Sweden, which is also in Europe. What were the differences between the countries that you felt were happening, and, and how did you all deal with that? In Sweden, we have been free to do pretty much whatever we want during the pandemic because we haven't had, like in Germany, for example, Hans couldn't come here because they had their lockdowns and all that. And but here, you can pretty much do whatever you want, and we could, yeah, we could rehearse whenever we wanted and block and so on. But yeah, we only have like recommendations, you know. They recommend people to, yeah, of course, keep your distance and wash your hands and all that stuff. But, and then, yeah, restaurants, there's, yeah, and supermarkets, there, there's like limits to how many people can be inside a supermarket and so on. But other than that, we're free to do whatever we want. So, yeah, for us, it was a bit easier than for Hans because we could meet up at the rehearsal room and, yeah, work on songs. And, I don't know. Okay, it's good. In one way, it was good that it was like this because otherwise, I don't think we would have been ready with the album on time, and then it wouldn't have been released now. Yeah, on the twenty sixth of March. But on the other hand, Sweden is such a small country. We have more than thirteen thousand dead at the moment, and that ten. What is it like? Ten million people live here. So. <laughs> I don't really know if Sweden did the right thing without with not having any lockdowns or so I I don't know. I guess we just have to wait a couple of years and then we know for sure who what country did the right thing and what yeah, then we then we will know for sure what to do the next time. But hopefully there will be no next time with a huge pandemic like this. Yeah, let's hope let's keep our fingers crossed yeah. that we no, we don't have to deal with this again because Man, last year was yeah, well, a was a long year. Yeah, it was, and it feels like this year will be the same. Because I've heard that you're in, yeah, you're in the U.S., right? Yeah, I'm outside of Chicago. Yeah, a lot of friends of mine in the U.S. all have been getting vaccines now, and here in Sweden, it's been going really slow with all that. Yeah, it's funny. So, you know, a lot of us are getting vaccinated. I got my first dose last week, and waiting for the second dose. And it's almost like there's a race between getting people vaccinated and then these other strains, you know, coming about too. I imagine at some point we're all going to need a booster of the vaccine because these other strains might not be covered by the current vaccination process. But, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, we have seen numbers jump, although fatalities are, are at its lowest level in several months. Hopefully that continues, but the rise in cases is a concern. We just don't know how that's going to affect everything. So it's yeah. still it's still a big question mark too. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it will be like this at least for the rest of this year. I think before we know anything for sure how everything is working with the vaccines and all that. But yeah, just have to try to stay positive and yeah keep listening to music and writing music and <laughs> that's all you can do you <laughs> well, yeah know? there's nothing else you can there's nothing else you can do 
Because I know for sure that we can't, we will not do any full-length tours this year. We are hoping to do at least a few smaller festivals. All the big festivals have been canceled in Europe. But I hope some of the smaller ones, maybe after the summer, in the in the fall, maybe some yeah weekend shows or something. But that's yeah, that's all just no one knows for sure yet. Because all the yeah, like I said, the vaccinations here in Europe have yeah, it's been going slowly, really slow. Because there is not yeah, especially in, in, I know in Sweden that it's yeah, they can't get enough vaccines. That's why it goes so slow. Are you still being creative during this time? I mean, obviously you have the album out. You can't tour on it. You can't really perform the song. So, you know, what what are you guys doing? I mean, I know some bands have decided to just, hey, let's put some songs together for maybe another recording, maybe an EP, maybe an album. What are you guys doing during this time? Yeah, always keep writing music. doesn't matter. It's always, even without the pandemic always after we have released an album we just continue writing and then yeah this, and also I've been busy with with my old band Dozer we haven't released anything like 13 years now or something like that we have started working on an album with Dozer also and and also working on some new Greenleaf ideas so just keep working writing music and yeah and try to stay positive that we can do some live shows. What is it like? What is it like having music be an escape for you during this time? I mean, people choose different things to kind of object, you know, or, or, or be the object of their attention while they're going through this. You know, people choose to write and record music and play music. Other people do whatever it is that they fancy. What about you? I mean, is it tough being creative when you're wondering what's going to happen? I mean, I know Sweden is pretty much open to doing whatever you want to do, but are you still being conservative with maybe, eh, maybe I don't want to go in a big crowd of people. Maybe I don't want to do that. What are your, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I kind of feel a little bit. We haven't, of course we have been like, we have had a whole bunch of festival shows booked for this year, uh, for the summer here, but okay, most of them have been cancelled already but there's a few still left that haven't kept being cancelled and I'm, I think we feel a little bit worried about that as well, maybe I don't know, I don't even know if we're allowed to travel to yeah, for example Germany or something, I'm, I'm not sure yet so but yeah, like, like you said, of course uh, it would feel a lot better if we all got our vaccines and we could just go on and without worrying about it. So, of course, I'm a bit nervous about traveling before I get my vaccine. But, yeah, if we have a show, a show that is booked, of course, of course we have to do it if we're allowed to. Was there any thought to pausing the release of this album? I mean, you mentioned that everything has been canceled. There's really not much touring you can do. I know bands that had albums that were set to release last year in 2020, a lot of them said, hey, let's wait till 2021 when things are hopefully a little better. Was that 
something that you guys considered? Was there a, a thought process as to why you released it now as, instead of hanging on to it for a little bit? Yeah, we had the talk with our Napalm, our record label. I don't remember if it was maybe a, maybe it was in like August last year. We were set to record in, at the end of October. I asked them, do you know, do you, what do you think? Are we still going to yeah release it on the 26th of March? And it was like, yeah, let's hope for the best and let's just do it. So, yeah, that's what we did. And, of course, I feel like, yeah, it sucks that we can't go on tour right away. We're supposed to be on tour. I think we're supposed to be on tour this week. But, of course, yeah, it got canceled like four or five months ago already. We didn't even release the dates. But uh, yeah, a short uh, tour was booked, but it's canceled. But yeah, but what can you do? It's better to, I think that it's better that we release the album so people can at least get some new Greenleaf music. And then, yeah, of course, when we are allowed to go on tour, we will tour as much as possible for this album. But yeah, in the meantime, I guess, yeah, hopefully people just don't, yeah, that they don't forget about the album and forget about Greenleaf. We have to just try to stay active in some other way. And yeah, a lot of people have been asking about live streams. And yeah, it's not so easy when Hans lives in Germany and he can't come here. So, but okay, hopefully soon he can come here and maybe we can work something out to maybe do something like a simple live in the rehearsal room video that we can post online or whatever. And that's, yeah, that's the only thing we can do at the moment. What are your thoughts on, on live streams? I know that's a new thing for a lot of bands, and some, some bands have embraced it more than others. Others are still very hesitant because there's always a sound quality issue. But on the other, on the other hand, you know, it's a way to reach your fans who are craving your music and to hear your music. So I think I've seen, I've seen a couple of them. I saw Clutch, and that was, yeah, they, I, I think they have done it quite a few of those live streams now. I saw one of them and that was, that was good. The sound was good and it was, yeah, entertaining. But I've, I've seen other shows also and it's, yeah, it's fun for a four or five songs and then you get like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is not like going to a real show, but I guess it's better than nothing. And as long as the fans are happy, then it's, then it's worth doing, I think. And of course, for us, yeah, as a musician, it's pretty important important that the sound is good. But yeah, like I said, I, I guess it's better than not doing anything. What are your plans, and what and what are you guys doing to stay in front of your fans? I know that's a challenge now. I mean, obviously, when you tour, you're able to play it for the people who want to come see you, want to come check you out. Those are your fans. They can't do that now. So they've got this new album they're all excited about. What does Greenleaf do to stay in front of them? I think the only thing we can do is just try to come up with fun stuff to post on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram or whatever. And that's what we have been trying to work on. Stay active on the, yeah, on the social media. And yeah, we have some plans to do some, some, or at least I have been planning some things that I will run through the other guys soon. 
that yeah, maybe we can post them. If Hans can't come here, maybe we can do like a simple short acoustic thing with just me and Arvid or something like that. But yeah, <laughs> I have to talk to the I have to talk to Arvid first and let's see if he thinks it's a good idea. But I think it would would be cool to do like one or two songs, acoustic versions of maybe yeah. One or two from the from echoes from a mass. When you are, you know, putting all this together and trying to figure out ways, I mean, the the whole the the avenue of social media is so important, especially now because you know people are not doing much. They are kind of, for the most part, still con- being conservative and where they go and what they do and how often they go out, and they have a lot of time. I mean. People are at home watching television. They're they're listening to music. It is a. I think it's a great time to to release new music because I think people are craving it. They want it because it's tough to you know stay active. It's tough to stay occupied when you know it's the same thing every day. So when they have something new, it really does penetrate the brain and say with excitement because it's like oh you know I can look forward to this and I can listen to it and I can absorb it. And with the way music is now, right? There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of people with you know that that like to hear singles. So bands release one song and another song a couple months later. But now you're seeing a lot more albums coming out because I think people now have the time to listen and absorb it. And I think as you play live when this is all said and done, I think it'll benefit the bands like you guys that released an album and had their fans have you know have the time to listen to it where they'll respond better when you guys play it. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, yeah, people, people have been depressed pretty much the whole last year. And when people, yeah, when finally bands are starting to release albums again, I think it doesn't matter if you can't go on tour because, People are have been starving for new good music, and yeah, there is so much good music coming out now too. It almost seems like every band is on it. You know, they're 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 like releasing everything that you know that that they did last year, and they're releasing these songs. and And it just seems like every album I listen to is like, oh my god, that's awesome! Oh my gosh, that's awesome! You know, when I listened to yeah. to your album, I was blown away by. It. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect from the follow-up from 2018 and man i just adored the whole record and it it's so great to hear so much great music and once this is over all the music that's going to be played live and the people that are going to go see it, it's going to be an exciting time for rock music yeah definitely and i guess it's because yeah when it, yeah because yeah when i guess all the musicians had so much time last year to write music they could put in the extra time into writing the best songs that you ever could do you know I guess that's why all the albums are good that comes out now because yeah you had all the extra time when all the tours and shows have been cancelled I also imagine too that when you are in a bubble, right? I mean, you, you mentioned the, the process of recording the album. And when you're doing that, you do allow yourself 
that escape from what's going on, all the bad news that's happening. And it's almost like you're in this element of excitement because you're creating something new. And of course you get the adrenaline rush from hearing it and playing it. So when that happens, it's, you know, especially during these times, it's very unique to maybe recording another album at another time because it doesn't have that escape feeling to it doesn't like you're you're literally when you close the door to a studio and you're creating music you're basically shutting out the rest of the world you're tuning it out you're saying i'm going to go create music screw whatever is happening i don't care i'm going to go make some music and that's got to be exciting to do that under these circumstances yeah i totally agree that's exactly how it has been when we recorded the album in Stockholm, that was at yeah at the end of October, and it was the mid of the the second wave, and we were just <laughs> yeah we were in the studio for seven days. I think we went outside like two three times during that whole week just to buy yeah food and then go back into the studio because yeah the studio had an apartment also, and so we lived in the studio for seven days, and you, yeah we could just disconnect from everything that was going on and it's like you said when you see that home writing riff you you just forget about everything that's going on all the yeah all the horrible news that you see on tv the whole time and on the here on the news on the radio it's it, only talking about the pandemic the whole time and yeah of course you start and of course you can start getting depressed if you <laughs> only think about the pandemic the whole time so music is yeah music is an escape like you said yeah definitely and even though some of the songs took on a little bit of a darker tone on this album it's almost like it's therapy at some point right it's almost like you know even though you're writing about things or you know the the lyrics are about you know like i said darker than than music that you've released previously there has to be that sense of working through it and getting over it and having a little bit of perspective on it. And when you're recording with the elements that are unknown because of the pandemic, it does help, right? It does, it does kind of form a bond with your bandmates and you guys and all that moving forward with this music. Yeah, definitely. For, for example, for Arvid, when he wrote the lyrics, it was, it was his therapy after the divorce and the pandemic and all that. So I think, I think nine or eight or nine out of 10 songs are about, yeah, like I said earlier, his, everything he was feeling and yeah, he was, yeah, he was really depressed and he got all his, yeah. If you read, read the lyrics, you can really hear that he, he had a shitty year. So yeah, it was, therapy for him and, and it's yeah same for us when we met up in the rehearsal room you forget about the outside world for like three hours and when you finally come up with a riff for a song that makes you yeah, when you're playing and you just look at each other and smile then you yeah you have forgotten about everything that's going on you're just in there in that moment and yeah, so it's definitely playing music is definitely therapy. When when we talked earlier in the conversation, we talked about 
the blues influence that is really prevalent on this album. Was that something that you meant to be, or did that just come out as you were playing the music? It 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 just comes up. The blues we have for Greenleaf. We have been influenced by the blues since the beginning, but maybe maybe it's a little bit more in the new one. But uh, yeah, we all listen to all old blues like. Oh, what can we name some bands like Howling Wolf and Body Guy and yeah, bands like that. And of course, like the British Invasion, the little bit heavy rock blues that they came up with. That's yeah, that's what in the early days that was what Greenleaf wanted to be like classic rock and blues band. So it, it started already when we started a band like in '99. 2000 but yeah then we kind of you know every album we have done we have changed a little bit and there's influences from there or where, wherever the influences come from and then, yeah for this album we didn't really plan like I said earlier we just go in and write music and then after a while you start finding the finding like a theme you, you start feeling where the album is going and then you continue writing in that direction a little bit. And then finally, yeah, when you have, for this album, I think we had like 14, 15 song ideas, but yeah, 10 made the album. So the blues, yeah, it has always been there, but maybe it's there a little bit more on this one compared to Here's the Rivers. As far as, you know, the band goes, I mean, you're always trying to evolve, right? You're always trying to do something different and be different as a musician. You have to do that, right? I mean, that's that's why you play music is to have that, you know, that constant trying new things and going a different path and, and trying to sound a little bit different. I imagine recording the same record over and over again can be quite boring if you were to do that. And, you know, to go in and, and maybe add this blues element that maybe wasn't as prevalent on albums before was good for you guys, too, as well, to to be excited about the new music. Another reason to be excited for the new music and also just to kind of expand your sound into, you know, to your audience. Yeah, I agree, because every album we do, we try to we try to keep it fresh, especially for us not to write the same song or same kind of riffs or whatever over and over again. And of course we don't, we're not, it's not like we're going to do a full on jazz album, the next album, but we're growing, we're taking, we're growing a little bit for each album in some direction and bringing in new influences and, but still keeping it, keeping it, yeah, yeah keeping it greenly. So people, Still can recognize us, but still always have something that feels fresh. Some people will, some old fans will not like it, but some, yeah, whatever. In the in the end, I think we're making music to make ourselves happy first of all, because because that's why I'm playing music, I guess, to to get that. Yeah, you know, when you write a song and you play it together the first time in the rehearsal room and everything is just perfect. You get, you get a real adrenaline rush from it. You get, it's, you get high. <laughs> you get high without using drugs. And I guess, I guess that's, 
what you do and it gets you yeah when how should I explain this it's yeah you're, you're constantly trying to make you feel that feeling that you get when you have you feel that okay now we have something now this is this is a really good riff or song we have, now we have, we have now we're really on to something and I guess yeah, every, for every year that goes, it gets a little bit harder because, yeah, we have been, yeah, we have done eight albums now, but it's, but it's never really, yeah, like I said, we, we have growing, so we get influences from, yeah, influences from like different, yeah, like full blues or soul. It's not only heavy rock in the end, so I guess that's why we keep growing. To get that, yeah, get that feeling again, you know. Well, it creates an energy too, as well. I mean, you just say, you know, it stays fresh. But when you're working on something and you're going in a different direction, it's exciting. It energizes the group. It, it galvanizes everybody. Yeah, exactly. With everything uncertain, and I know the album just came out. You know, as we close down the interview here. What can fans expect from you guys this this year? Um, you know, obviously, touring is going to be very limited. If anything does happen, what can you tell your fans? Is you know what can they expect from you guys moving forward in two thousand twenty one? First of all, we hope really that we can do at least some a handful of shows this year somewhere in Europe. And maybe, maybe we could record one of those shows and post it on a line or whatever. But other than that, we can just, yeah, continue writing music. So it won't take us, yeah, for this album between Here the Rivers and, and the new one, it was like three years. And usually we release albums every two years. So maybe just keep writing the next album and then tour as much as possible next year and then right after that release another album I'm not sure I haven't talked to the other guys yet but I think that sounds like a good plan to just keep writing music yeah because you know when you guys do start playing you'll have music in in your back pocket that you can just keep releasing too while you're touring you know I mean that's that's, yeah. that's a big benefit too as well and I know a lot of bands are doing that yeah, and if you're touring a lot, there's not a, that much time to just sit at home or be at the rehearsal room just writing songs. So it's it's good to start already now. Then you have at least maybe half a record done before the end of the year or something, music-wise. Yeah. And, you know, you also have to come to America, too, and play in the States. Yeah, I really hope so. We had a tour plan. Was it, was it like... Three, four years ago, we had a tour booked already for a month in the U.S., but that got canceled. There was some visa, work visa problems, and then, yeah, we had to cancel. So we are really hoping to come over there sometime in the coming years. Well, I Hopefully my... not so, so many. Hopefully in the near future. Well, First my... of all, we have to tour Europe, but then after that, yeah. Well, my fingers are crossed, Tommy. Definitely crossed for for you guys to play the states. So I'd love it. Yeah, well, we've been getting a lot of a lot of good response from the states for the new album. So we yeah, we'd love to come there. It's a phenomenal album, and 
you know, I, I fell in love with it. So anyone who's listening, any all my listeners, go check it out. Um, you know, don't let the you know the Stoner Rock tag scare you. It's great. It's a great rock record. It's a great hard rock record. Um, I highly recommend it. So Tommy, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. No, thank you. Well, that is Tommy Halapa from the band Greenleaf. The new album is Echoes from a Mask. Go out and check it out. It's available on all your streaming sites. You can also order it from their site directly. Go check it out. You can order it on Bandcamp as well. You can buy the digital album, and I think you can also buy... Well, you can just buy the digital album. I know on Napalm Records, you can go buy the vinyl and the CD. So look that up, too, as well when you're when you're going to go try and listen to it. But... Highly recommend it. One of the great albums so far in 2021. Once again, everybody, I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay strong, stay healthy. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. 
FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 